Thank you for joining the Self-Care Doc Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Joshua Brown. Today, we're going to continue the conversation with Dr. Janice and Colin. something extremely important that you said okay about about the focus in the relationship being on love versus the relationship could you please repeat that again you're gonna have to give me more context there the focus of the relationship and the importance of it being on the relationship oh the partnership yes the partnership partnership. yeah 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 Yeah, you know i think even uh, going all the way back i mean ancient days um the idea was that this this village girl would marry this village boy. They would have children or I don't know if they did the marriage stuff back then. Um, and the idea was that they would develop this family and they would continue to work the land, continue to support the village. Well, I think the same concept is true because there was an acceptance of, okay, no, we partner well. And since we partner well, if we do it over time, Hey, this makes sense. This works. But what we've bastardized it to in our society is, well, I'm in love with this person and this person, oh my gosh, they're so beautiful and the sex is great and all of it. We have so much fun together, but they don't partner when it comes to the things that matter. You know, they don't focus on, okay, how are we going to be as parents? How are we going to be when there's a death in the family or when there's some trials, tribulations? But I think if you focus on the partnership of what it means to be in a relationship and working together you do that well, love will always develop. And you just nailed, I believe, a huge piece of the issue of this culture with divorce. Yeah. How many times have we heard, I'm not happy. <laughs> Who I want cares? A divorce. I don't, I don't, I don't love them. Yeah. They don't love me. I get that. You know what? We are going to many, many times not quote love or like our spouse or what they're doing. And that's where there is that huge difference of separating the behavior from the person. I don't love what they did. I don't love how they're acting. And there's such a difference between that and, you know, everything as a whole. And focusing on that partnership, as you said, is so important because there are going to be times, you know, it's, it's very kitschy and overused with, there are seasons to relationships. However, there is great truth in that, that there are seasons to a relationship. So being able to weather those, quote, seasons when you are in a winter and things are not great, to be able to communicate through those and know that there are going to be times that you're not my favorite person on the planet and learning about communicating through those times and going back to I can't read your mind. You can't read my mind. We need to talk about what's going on and going back to that partnership, as you said, because people will focus on love, love, love. And I call love a buzzword. What is love to you? What is love to me? They can be completely different things. Yeah. Well, I think Stephen Covey really had a great mindset. Uh, I think it was seven habits of highly effective families. And what he identified was the importance of having a family mission statement. And I think the importance of that is so important because you're really looking to establish kind of a shared vision, kind of the rules for navigating challenges. 
and even understanding of what matters most to the family. And so that no matter what we do as a family or even, and it doesn't mean you have to have kids at this point, a family, uh, and I love the idea, there's uh, what's Lilo and Stitch, uh, uh, what means family, what the heck is it? Oh my gosh, everybody's looking at me weird. Um, no, I know exactly what you're saying. There's some word, yes, but, yes. but there's, a, there's another version of it though, and it's, uh, I think it's Hanai. Uh, Hanai is the family you choose, the family you adopt. And I think it's such a brilliant idea as somebody that has, you know, had a lot of uh, familial death throughout my family. Um, it's challenging because I don't have a lot of family to be able to provide for my kids, but I have a lot of amazing people in my life that are kind of that Hanai, that, that family that we choose, that we adopt, they adopt us. And so anything that we can do in our families and in our relationships, uh, and I, th- I think if, if uh, I do a lot of the work I do with couples that aren't married or early marriage, marriage, um, we focus on that idea of what is that shared vision so that no matter what you do in your relationship, you go back to. If you're going to watch a movie, okay, how does this fit our shared vision? You know, are we putting garbage in our brains or are we just doing this for fun? What are we doing? When we go on a vacation, are we doing it to kind of serve others? Or are we doing it for our own selfish needs? But it also includes values, which are kind of the defined essence of who you are as individuals and collectively as a family, why you do what you do and where you're going. It kind of lays the round, the kind of the roadmap for navigating difficult times, times you mess up, and kind of the inevitable disappointments that we're going to feel or, uh, kind of throughout our family and throughout our lives. But it really does help identify what are the goals of what we're doing. And I think uh, it's better, it's been said, it's better to have a plan and change it than to have never have had a plan. Mm-hmm. We go into relationships and we don't really have a plan other than this is the person, that's it. And with the influence of, of the, the sexualized nature of our, of our society and, and porn, um, you know, there's so much damage in it because why would you want to look at all these different images that are going to distract and basically discredit and devalue your partner that's not going to be able to compete. And so instead focus on the spouse and the partner that you chose. And when you don't allow those outside influences in, it makes what you chose even better, you know? And I think there's so much value to just allowing the gift that you've married and it doesn't always feel that way, but allowing the gift that you married to actually be something you explore throughout your relationship. And everybody will say, well, you know, sex gets boring after a while. Well then spice it up. There's books. There's I mean, get the damn Kama Sutra and go through page by page if you need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to a, go to somebody that specializes in doing uh, sex counseling, sex therapy. Um, it's an amazing field. It's amazing work to get to do, but it's it's not about getting to increase sex. It's about making the sex you have matter more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think defining those goals I think is going to be a really important point to it. Um, in the podcast and some of the work that we were doing, it was interesting because uh, we found the 1950s. Uh, what's it take to be a good wife? Um, and some of these, I'm going to read through some of these, and it's going to be fun because we're going to see something here. So the number one thing was, uh, and this was actually in a textbook for for young people, uh, number one thing, have dinner ready. Plan ahead even the night before to have a delicious meal on time. I know there's women that are just like, grumble, 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 and you will throughout this, don't worry. Uh, this is a way of letting uh, letting him know that you have been thinking about him and are concerned about his needs. Most men are hungry when they come home, and the prospect of a good meal are part of the warm welcome needed. Um, that'd be nice. Uh, number two, prepare yourself. Take 15 minutes to rest so you will be refreshed when he arrives. Touch up your makeup, put a ribbon in your hair, and be fresh looking. He has just been with a lot of work-weary people. Be a little happy and a little more interesting. His boring day may need a lift. 
Uh, number three, clear the clutter. Make one last trip through the house, pick up stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, run a dust cloth over everything in the house and the tables. Uh, good luck with that. Um, number four, prepare the children. Take a few minutes to wash the children's hands and faces. Uh, comb their hair and, if necessary, change their clothes. They are little treasures, and he would like to see them playing the part. Uh, number five, minimize all noise. All the time of his, at the time of his arrival, eliminate all noise of the washer, the dryer, the dishwasher, or the vacuum. Try to encourage the children to be quiet. Be happy to see him. Greet him with a warm smile and be glad to see him. And there's so many other things that, <laughs> right? But, but the interesting thing is this. Uh, and let me actually I'll look at a couple others. Uh, number six, don't greet him with problems or complaints. Don't complain if he's late for dinner. Count count this as a minor count this as minor compared with what he may have gone through throughout the day. Make him comfortable. Uh, lean him back in a comfortable chair, or suggest he lay down in the bedroom. All right, have all a, right, <laughs> come on. Well, some of these. You were expecting me to not go. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll dig in. Don't worry. Uh, listen to him. He may have a lot of things. You may have a lot of things to tell him, but the moment of his arrival is not the time. Let him talk first. And last two here. Make the evening his. Never complain if he does not take you out to dinner or to the other places of entertainment. Instead, try to understand his world of strain and pressure, his need to come home and relax, and try to make your home a place of peace and order where your husband can renew himself in and body and spirit. be his own personal chameleon. Whatever right. it is he wants or needs, right? you just turn right into that. Now go right ahead. Like it's, 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 it, What's fascinating to me is this. This isn't for women. This should be for either of them. Or both. Well, or both. Yeah, yeah, very good point. Like, why would we not want to plan ahead and take care of each other, having having a meal ready yes. or cook it together? Mm -hmm. Why would you want to, let's see. Uh, why would you not want to, the last one, cater to what it is that they're needing in that moment? Right. Yes. What yes. I think, the, what, the tenets behind this, I think if you were to take any of these that – uh, we were so affectionately gagging at over here <laughs> um, and, and break it down and say, this isn't the role of the woman. This isn't, or the role of the man. These are tenants for how you work on that partnership that you just talked about, Dr. Brown. And if you can find a way to apply these in that partnership, and it it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be every day. Like the idea that I think, in the 50s, what, what, they were, what this was saying is focus on the partnership. Now, roles um, in the workplace have, have greatly changed since the 50s, but that's not saying that these tenants can't apply for both genders. Right, but I, I have issues with this. I, I'm sorry, you guys. This is, uh-uh. There is too much. We're going to focus on the positive and only show the positive because the kids are going to be dressed, their faces are going to be wiped off, there's not going to be any noise, dinner is going to be on the table. I don't care if the man or the woman or, you know, what gender is going to be doing that. No, that is not real. Right. So I I think you guys want to boot me out of the room. But no, I'm like, no, we're all on the like... same. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page on oh. this. And, it, and my reason for going through that is, uh, one, and I'll, I'll share it in a second, but number two reason is this, that um, we see this and we can all say, well, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. This is nuts. But yet we can all say, wow, wouldn't it be nice for somebody to show me that kind of value? Somebody to care for me like this? Wouldn't it be nice to have a partner where we can do these things for each other? 
And it's not about it being realistic. And I think your point is valid. It's not going to be every day, but sometimes it would be nice. What's fascinating though is when you look at how it's changed till now, what the research or some of the different uh, research I was doing, what we crave now is more of the intimacy and connection, the communication and the companionship and relationship. And when we focus on those things, we focus on, okay, what matters and how can we do this together? And what I would offer, and I like how we've separated it out here, men and women can both desire and do these things and, re- and would love to receive these things. Why can't we do these things for ourselves? Mm-hmm. Looking at the whole self-care idea, if we are valuing ourselves in such a way, it's going to be a lot easier because we're going to be more practiced or well-practiced to be able to offer that and share that with another human. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's your spouse, a parent, a kid, even a coworker. Showing that kind of intimacy and connection and that appreciation is going to make a difference. You know, we do this in, in different groups when somebody passes away and we bring them a meal. Mm-hmm. You know, these are ways that we honor each other, ways that we say, I see you. I accept you, and even in struggle, but even in celebration, you know, I am with you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the greatest thing we can do when somebody is in a difficult situation is just say, can I just sit with you? Mm-hmm. Or I'm better yet, I'm going to just sit with you for a while because there's a value to that nonverbal communication of just presence. And I think where this entire series has gone, and my takeaway, and and from this entirety of all these conversations that we've had, right? And is whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, you're going to have things that people, society, whoever thinks that you should be, right? But no one of us fit these societal norms completely. And it goes back to what you said about how we are all so uniquely made. There will never be anyone like us. And so at the end of the day, whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, you're ultimately you. And how you interact with other people, first you need to know who you are. What about societal roles do you hold to be sacred? And what do you say? That's bullshit and I'm not going to follow it. And that's okay. But understanding who you are and paying homage to who you are as a human being, as a man or as a woman, just happens to be, you know, another trait that you have. It's not a guide for life. Society doesn't tell you how to live your life. You live your life based on the way that you feel and the way that you were designed and what's important inherently to you. And so I think the theme here is we are all human beings that have these different traits, right? And if you're in a relationship as a man and as a woman, you can't look at societal roles and generalizations to how to live your life individually or collectively in that partnership. And so really think about who it is you are. Be true to what that person is the whole idea of self-care and understanding you, and then understand that there are other people in your life, whether that's romantically or socially or professionally, that are going through the same things in identifying who they are, and find that common language and communicate. 
don't try to define yourself or your relationship, um, romantic or not, by some societal norm. Because society is ever-changing. That's the only thing we know that will stay the same is that it's always going to change. So that change will always happen. So be you. Understand that everybody has them and understand how to communicate. Yeah. Is, is that really what we're talking about here over the last month? I mean, tell me I'm wrong, but that's what I've taken out. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right on. I mean, it really is. And when we were coming up with this whole, uh, it's the self-care doc kind of mindset, um, it really was. We went back and forth on different slogans and ideas, and that's why we really prayed and focused on what are we looking for, and it is the idea of be you for a change. There is no other way to be that is going to give you health and wellness. Uh, there's no other way that you're going to experience life in such a full way because you can only see it from your perspective but when you feel that judgment from somebody else, you feel those criti critiques or criticism from other people, you have to remember, they've never been you. They're never going to be you. So who the hell gave them any authority to tell you how to be except you? If you give them that authority, they'll take it. But if you maintain that integrity of who you are, and I, I kind of identify integrity as doing your character consistently. That's what integrity really is to me. And when you live a life of integrity, nobody gets to tell you who you are and what you're, and who you are and what you're not. You're the only one that gets to define that. And so I agree with you. Looking at the last month and the different influences of men and women and love and intimacy and what we're going to over this next month of love and relationships and influences, I think we're really building something. And then we're going to follow that up with a with a series on grief. And so make sure to subscribe because. These are topics that are near and dear to so many people because they affect all humans. And you heard me, you've heard me say this before that we're all just humans on this spinning rock called earth, or my, as my son calls it, the earth ball. Um, mm -hmm. And so we are all going to hit a point where we die. Our bodies are dead. If we're focusing on the end and missing the experience uh, of getting there, uh, where it's such a disservice. Mark Twain, I think, said it best. He said, one of the saddest things in the world is a man who dies at the age of 40 but isn't buried for another 25 years. Mm -hmm. Don't be that person. Be you for a change. Because for off, for so many of us, we've been somebody we're not for so long. In marriages, in relationships, we become something for our partner. And then they look at us and wonder, I don't even recognize you anymore. Who the hell are you? And that's what we've got to be able to focus on. So, uh, Dr. Janice, Colin, thank you so much for being a part of the conversation today. Look forward to further conversations and make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, we've got a lot of great content coming up and we just very much appreciate your support. Make sure to check us out at www.selfcaredoc.org and make sure to get on TikTok and follow Colin at hashtag or whatever it is, selfcarecolin, C-O-L-I-N. And if you're not following me, Doctor, what is it? Self-care doc. Self-care doc. I don't even know my own name. <laughs> Self-care doc. Um, and thank you so much. We really appreciate all the support. And we're so happy and so proud to be able to be a part of this. You tell me you were wrong, but your words fall short on the ground.